Hi there. Happy Masterful Living. Happy Monday. I am so grateful to join with you now. <laughs> oh, we are blessed. We are so blessed. So I invite you to turn within with me and let us remember our true identity is perfect. Already perfect. How great it is to know that we are already perfect. So let us stand in that awareness. Let us rejoice and give thanks for it in deep gratitude. Taking a breath of love and gratitude together, we're grateful and thankful to remember we are the perfect givers and receivers of love and this is our true nature. We are grateful and we are thankful to open ourselves to healing, to expansion, to clarity, to freedom and joy and wisdom and wholeness, the purity of love is what we already are and we're willing to remember that. We're willing to recognize it, to recognize it, to remember it. So we're grateful and thankful to open our mind to divine insight by partnering up together, being the two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of love. For the purpose of remembering the truth that sets us free, we are grateful to invoke the company of heaven, ascended masters, archangels, and all that is holy. We're calling upon our ancestors, all support throughout the universe, all of our brothers and sisters, known and unknown, seen and unseen, felt and not felt. We're calling upon all that is holy to assist us right here and right now in our liberation, in our awakening, in our ascension. So grateful and thankful to dedicate our conversation to this holy purpose. In grace and in gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone and we joyfully allow it to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 I'm going to share one of the beautiful prayers from the Violet Flame book by Patricia Cotto Robles. And this one is on page 82. It's entitled, I Am the Open Door. So we take that breath of love and gratitude moving into our heart awareness. This is the time of our healing. This is the time of our expansion. And we're grateful and thankful to open ourselves to it right now. I am the open door. Once again, I go within to the divinity of my heart and follow this visualization with the full power of my attention. I know that I am joining in consciousness with the I am presence of all humanity and as one breath, one voice, one heartbeat, one energy, vibration, and consciousness of pure divine love, we proceed. 
I am sitting comfortably in my chair with my arms and legs uncrossed and my spine as straight as possible. I rest my hands in my lap with my palms facing upward and I am at peace. Breathing in love, breathing out gratitude, we center in this awareness. Breathing rhythmically and deeply, I greet this sacred moment from within the peace of my liberated I Am presence on Earth. Centered here, I am one with all life. I now realize that I am all of humanity standing forth as my mighty I Am presence. I feel an upward rushing force of the ascension flame and humanity's free will ascends into divine will. All free will is now ascending into the realm of limitless physical perfection for this sweet star of freedom, beloved planet Earth. In this meditation, I now reach into and accept the infinity of my own God consciousness, all of which I claim here and now in my earthly vehicles. I am also one with humanity, and I experience our collective infinity consciousness as our fifth-dimensional solar heart chakras open to full breadth. Now, my Father, Mother, God's unfathomable, transfiguring divine love pours through humanity's open heart chakras and floods the earth and all her life with its healing unguent. I relax into the peace of my personal and global I Am presence, and all is in divine order. Standing within my twelve-fold, fifth dimensional solar spine and chakras, I begin to profoundly experience God's power on all planes. I experience my divine integrity knowing my presence on earth is but one aspect of my infinity consciousness. With this awakening, I realize I am a powerful instrument of God on earth. I am the open door. As I inbreathe and absorb the intensified frequencies of light flowing into my heart flame from the heart of my Mother Father God, I recognize myself on many levels. I am my planetary God Self abiding in, this perf in the perfected realms of planet Earth, performing my cosmic service of loving free all lesser energies. I find my gentle rhythm in this aspect of my divinity, and I am that I am. My awareness is lifted higher, and I am my, ide my mighty I am presence, pulsating in the fifth dimensional realms of limitless physical perfection. 
Within this frequency of light, I experience myself as a cosmic flame with light rays radiating out in all directions of the universe. I know myself as God in action, here, there, and everywhere present. As the rhythm of this aspect of my divinity anchors into the core of my physical being, once again I know I am that I am. Now I ascend further along my solar silver cord into the galactic presence of my white fire being. Here I am whole, my full masculine and feminine God self, one resplendent being of light. I offer to be the open door for the light of my Mother Father God. Instantly I receive an endless river of light composed of the great infinity of light from suns beyond suns beyond suns and I know I am that I am. This infinite river of light now flows unimpeded through all the aspects of my divinity into my physical, etheric, mental, and emotional bodies. I am now releasing into this light all thoughts, feelings, memories, and experiences I've ever known that are less than the immaculate concept of my divine potential. I am embodied on earth to express my free will choice and to function as an instrument of God. I consecrate my life force to the fulfillment of this divine mission and all is well. I send forth deep gratitude to my Father, Mother, God and the company of heaven for the opportunity to participate in this glorious adventure. I now breathe in deeply and return my attention to the room. I become aware of my physical body by gently moving my fingers and my toes. I exhale and breathe normally. And so it is. Beloved I am. Beloved I am. Beloved I am. So resting in this expanded awareness, I'd like to follow up some more about prayer, as we were talking about last week, the power of our thought, and talking about communication, the use of our word in our conversations and relationships with our loved ones. So first of all, one of the things that many of us as spiritual students on this path, we experience times, sometimes great despair. And that great despair comes from, at least in my experience of my own life and many others, that, that despair comes from making choices 
that are unloving towards ourselves and others. And the despair is really when there's a thought, whether it's conscious or not, whether, I mean, there's no such thing really as unconscious. There's just not. But we could say we're not consciously aware of the thought or the belief, but there, most of us are healing a belief of unworthiness. And so despair comes from believing that our choices to be unkind and unloving to ourselves and to others are evidence that we're simply not good enough. We are simply not worthy of our God self. And yet it's not possible for any of us to actually be unworthy of our God self. We can only believe it about ourselves and others. That's the only thing that's possible is for us to believe it. The truth is that we are that Christ presence. We are the open door for God to express itself. We are emanations of perfect love. And in our human experience, we've all chosen to deny that. And now we're on a pathway of reclaiming it. So we're remembering the truth and forgiving ourselves for that denial. So if you think of the teaching of Ho'oponopono, which I I hope that by now most of you have studied that book, Zero Limits, and you understand that Dr. Hewlin, in his teaching of Ho'oponopono, he teaches through his very life experience, because we're all teaching through our life experience, he taught or has been teaching through his life experience that when he clears his mind of thoughts that aren't true, that even the most desperate and upsetting and seemingly real maladies in the world of form will heal themselves. Because all those maladies are born of thought. There is only one mind. So by his taking responsibility for the errant thought, the thought that is the error, his taking responsibility for it, purifying his mind of it, it has to ripple throughout the universe. Just like if we think poorly of ourselves, that too will ripple throughout the universe. If you listen to Venerable Dahani Oahu's classes, there's, I would bet you there's not one class she ever gives that she doesn't refer to the mind of God, the infinite mind, as being like the surface of a lake and that our thoughts are like pebbles on that lake. So our thoughts create ripples. They can be ripples of joy or ripples of disturbance, 
according to their nature. Last week we were talking about our thoughts being prayers or seeds planted in the divine soil. Now, the thing about the nature of God is we have the free will to think whatever we'd like to think. This is our great opportunity. This is why we came into human form, to have this experience. To have the experience of being made in the image and likeness of our Creator. That the Creator thought us into being, and we think into being our experience. You see? And so... We can think into being whatever experience we would like to have. We can hold our brothers and sisters and ourselves in the perfect light of love and compassion and see them as the Christ, see ourselves as the Christ. Or we can worry and be fretful. Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, said, Worry is the negative use of your imagination. I've given examples in previous classes where people had thoughts of worry. They believed them, and they came into manifestation. We all have experiences of that. Because the universe has no other choice but to make manifest what we choose to think and believe. Because our choice to think a thought and believe it, to believe that it's true, is placing our God power in that thought. And the universe can't say, oh, she doesn't really mean that. She doesn't really want to see that. She doesn't really want to feel that. She doesn't really want to experience that. Oh, no, no, no. Cancel that thought. No, we're not going to let her manifest these thoughts. No, 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 no. We're going to interrupt all of that. No, there's no such thing. Now, the angels can stand around us and invite us to change our mind, and they do. But how often do we actually listen? And how often do we actually choose to ignore that still small voice? How often do we reject the still small voice? No, that's not what I want in this moment. I want this. I want that. I want to think these thoughts. I'm so familiar with it myself. I'm very aware of it. So, whenever we say I, we're putting our God power into whatever follows. And and we don't even have to say it. We don't have to articulate it in words if we believe it, if we allow ourselves to feel it and put our feeling, believing energy into it, it will seem to be real to us. It will become our experience. It will become our 
emotions. It will become our thoughts. It will become our physical body. It will become our health. It will become our wealth. It doesn't have a choice. The more we think a thought, the more we're investing in it. It's You can think of it this way. If you have a thought such as, I am the purity of God. I am in loving relationship with everyone in my life. If you repeatedly think these thoughts, it's going to come into manifestation more and more quickly, more powerfully, more beautifully. The same if you think, I'm never going to get it. 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 You're going to experience that more and more profoundly. When we say, I am, then we're investing even more in it. It's even more powerful. So this is why in the workbook I give you the I am willing affirmations to support you in disidentifying with the ego and identifying with your God self because the God self is eternally willing to align with the Holy Spirit, the higher self, the I am presence. And by simply being willing, we open the door to divine insight, wisdom, healing, prosperity, abundance, and the all good of God. So, as I've said a number of times, we have the choice to align with divine will. Of course, Miracles tells us the only will there is, is divine will. Now, the simplest way to understand this is, there's nothing in opposition to God. Even that which appears to be evil or work against God, it's still part of God, and it's still going to ultimately come to truth. It's going to reveal the truth ultimately. It will point to the truth ultimately. It has to. It has to. If you, um, if you'd like to understand that more fully, there are plenty of examples in your own life. And you can look for them and you will find them. So we have a choice to align with divine will in this world where we have this illusion of free will. We can align with divine will. And aligning with divine will moves us into our heart where we also align with divine love. And when we have an alignment with divine will and divine love, then the wisdom door opens. And what begins to happen is our intuition opens up and we start to understand with clarity, not with ego understanding, but with truth. So one of the things uh, you've heard me talk about is that threefold flame in our heart. Of course, the Miracles calls this the altar of God that lies within. 
And so that the three flames are divine will, divine love, divine wisdom. And nothing that we could ever do, nothing that could ever be done to us, can ever put out that threefold flame. It, and of course, Miracle says this very clearly. It is eternally ours to fan the flame and to express. Now, we're beings of light. There's a spectrum of light. It is these, what Patricia Cota Robles calls the 12 solar aspects of deity. And so these different colors of light, that full spectrum of light, you could think of the rainbow light, each one of these colors is an expression of the spiritual qualities. And going back to the very beginning of Masterful Living, I was saying what's so critical to our waking up is to realize that these spiritual qualities of God, and there's a whole huge section in the workbook on the spiritual qualities, our Masterful Living workbook, these spiritual qualities are our true essence and nature. Because remember, our true essence and nature is light. And the full spectrum of light includes all of these spiritual qualities. Wisdom is one of them. Love is one of them. Divine will is one of them. And the spiritual qualities of abundance, prosperity, wholeness, freedom, joy, beauty, creativity, clarity, all these spiritual qualities that are our true nature, they are our light nature. We either choose to express them or to block them. How do we block them? By believing something about ourselves and others that's not true. That's how we block them. So as we seek the kingdom, which is that threefold flame, as we seek to know and express divine will, divine love, divine wisdom, we awaken to our Christ self and everything else is added unto us. All the spiritual qualities that we seemed to block now become ours to express. They've always been there. So just like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, at any moment she had the power to go home, but she didn't know it. She didn't know it until she was willing to know it. How did she become willing to know it? Through developing wisdom and compassion and you could say courage so you've got you've got um the scarecrow right he's he wants a brain that's the wisdom and you've got the tin man he wants a heart that's the love and then you've got the lion he wants the courage that's the will that's the willingness Right, so um, you might remember that uh, if you listen to my radio show, 
John Mundy was telling me back in January or February of this year that courage is not a word that's in A Course in Miracles. And what I saw when he said that was, oh, what courage is in that teaching of Jesus, courage is willingness. It's the willingness to choose love. That's what courage is. So you think of the word courage, which comes from the Latin and the French. The French word for heart is core. So courage is that that loving heart, that strong heart. When we are willing to move into our heart, then we're aligning with divine will. We're choosing divine love. And the wisdom to know the truth that sets us free reveals itself in our awareness. Now, I I give this teaching again and again and again because sometimes we have to hear something thousands of times before we're finally willing to accept it. So that willingness is everything. So I'm going to pause here and see if anybody has any questions about this. Any questions about this at all? Okay, we've got Susan raising her hand there. Hey, Susan. Hi. Um, I'm not sure how to even ask this question, but it's something that has been bothering me for a very long time. Um, This idea that if we just do it right, or if we just open up, and if we just, if we just, if we just, then somehow we can heal ourselves. And I'm talking about physically. And I... I don't, what it feels like to me is a condemnation. In other words, if you are ill, then you just haven't done it right. You're just not far enough in your spiritual life to heal. And that really bothers me. And I think I'm misinterpreting it. Um, So what I would like is some clarification, if possible. Yeah, it's so good that that bothers you. Do you know why it bothers you? Um, Because I have so many autoimmune things going on, and I'm working, you know, the spiritual thing, and and they just, and the the illnesses just keep getting worse, and... um, and I feel like I'm there's something obviously that I'm not doing either right or um enough of or whatever that um a, a, a little story when I was a member of unity out in Seattle, I remember I went to church one day with a cold. And it was just a cold. It was no no big thing, you know. 
And somebody came up to me and said to me, well, now, why did you choose to have a cold? <laughs> and I just, I just looked at her. I went, I don't think I chose this. It's just a cold. You know, it's not preventing me from doing anything. I, you know, I, but that's sort of how I, that, I don't know, like I say, I'm not sure I'm even explaining this, but it, it has it has bothered me since that day. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. And so I'm going to open this up here, Susan. I'll leave you unmuted, and you can self mute until you have something to say if that works okay. for you. And uh, so, who knows the answer of why those thoughts bother Susan? Anybody know? Anybody? I know we've got your two people in the class. Who knows why that thought bothers her? Okay. Deb, Deborah, I'm going to unmute you. Hey there. Hi. Hi. Is it because it's not the truth? Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. I'm going to um, just mute you out here. And uh, Akash, you raised your hand also. What were you going to say? Yeah, the same thing. That mm-hmm. it, it's not the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. upsetting. It's the divine alarm clock. Beautiful. Okay. Now, Susan, how does that feel? I'll unmute you here. How does that feel, Susan? Um, I don't, I don't understand. I'm sorry to okay. be dense tonight, but I don't no. understand what it is that's not the truth. Okay. Let's see if we can get uh, Akash to answer that. Akash, what's not the truth there? Uh, okay, so let's see. Um, Do you remember what her thought was? The, the thought, uh, not entirely, no. Okay, so her thought was that she should be doing it differently, that her she's doing something wrong. She's studying these spiritual truths, but she's uh, got all these different illnesses that she's experiencing, so she must be doing something wrong. Right, okay. So um, the very idea that you're doing something wrong uh, is like saying to yourself or believing that uh, there's something wrong with me. And that's a core uh, identification uh, from the ego perspective, which wants you to think that you're less than perfect. Um, And if I could just add possibly my, uh, my own insight... Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. So that you're experiencing these illnesses is just part of the script in which um, you're you're having these experiences to to bring to awareness um, a choice point to choose love, mm-hmm. and it, it's just the script. It does. It, it's not good or bad. It's just ha- ha- how things are for you 
And if you can trust that everything is for your highest good, uh, then you'll trust that, you know, the lessons are perfect for you, even though they might seem uh, ridiculously difficult. Um, and that's what I want to say. Okay, beautiful. Thank you, Akash. No problem. So, Susan, we're always at choice point, okay? So things are going to manifest according to our beliefs. We've actually come into incarnation in order to expose the beliefs and recognize, oh, these are these decisions that I've made about myself and about life and about the world, about humanity, these thoughts are not true. And so we come into this incarnation with these belief systems, with a script that we've written to expose these belief systems and give us an opportunity to either relinquish them, to hand them over to the Holy Spirit for healing, and to say, you know, that's BS, I'm not going to put any energy into that anymore, or to say, oh, it's so true, it's so true, it's so true, and to manifest it. And when we manifest it, it's painful, so then that pain pushes us either to wake up or if we choose we can try to drown out the pain and numb ourselves to the pain or blame it on somebody else and feel like a victim and no matter what we choose we're always learning so there's never anything wrong with us and in a sense there's not even anything wrong with our choices because whatever we choose will ultimately lead us back to the truth because there's nowhere else to go. Does that make sense? I don't know. Okay. Well, here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you to go back to earlier in the year and revisit the teaching on the divine alarm clock and there's work in the workbook and then there's also the classes that I did early in the year okay yep and um then to re-listen to this class again and again with first praying for yourself to hear it clearly and for any blocks to understanding it be to fall away so partner up with Jesus, with the angels, with everything that you can, Mother Mary, whoever resonates with you. It's all the same and all one with us. And be determined to know this truth because it indeed will set you free. Okay. Will do. Yeah. Thank you. And you're so welcome. And this is the thing is that when we're believing something that's not true, it's always going to be painful. It's going to be confusing. It's going to be distressing every time. Thank God. Thank God. We can't just get away with it. And the very thought that we're doing something wrong, it's really, it's not correct. <laughs> so the thought that we're, do it's not that we're doing something wrong or that we are wrong. It's that we are actively choosing to uh, avoid choosing love and we're choosing something other than love we're choosing judgment we're choosing ch complaints victimhood 
we're not choosing love and compassion. Love is the healer because love is our true identity. So when we make the choice for love and for compassion and for truth, what it literally does is it dissolves and resolves our false beliefs. And it reveals the truth. That's why the choice of love is so deeply healing. And now in um, the meditation with Patricia Coda Robles, let's see, what did she say here? Um, she says, um, in this meditation, I now reach into and accept the inf infinity of my own God consciousness, all of which I claim here and now in my earthly vehicles. So my earthly vehicles are what are often referred to also as the lower bodies or the subtle bodies. So the lower bodies are the ones that we're using to manifest in form. And there are four of them. There's the etheric body, which contains the record of everything that's ever happened to us in this lifetime or any other. And then there's our mental body, our emotional body, and our physical body. And so... In our mental body, this is where we connect to our beliefs. And then our emotional body is uh, also a byproduct of our beliefs, as is our physical body. So the reason why we start to think that something's wrong with us is because in our awareness, no matter how hidden it is, there is the knowledge that we're choosing our thoughts we're choosing our beliefs and that in this lifetime we have chosen to heal ourselves of believing things that aren't true by choosing love. Love is the healer because love is our true identity. And so I see you, Akash, one sec. Um, so one of the... Um, Wonderful ways that Venerable teaches about it is she talks about resonance coupling. So, for instance, if you uh, strike a note, if you have a piano and a guitar in one room, uh, and you strike a note on the piano, the strings of the guitar are going to resonate in accord with whatever note was played on the piano. Well, you might not notice it. might not be noticeable to the uh, human ear or eye, but there's that resonance coupling. It's the like attracts like. So our thoughts have to come into manifestation as we choose to think them unless... We change our mind. So one of the things that happens and why karma and, and our world of form 3D is so dense is because we have the thought, I'm not good enough. And it starts to manifest in our, we have the belief, I'm not good enough. And then we start to magnetize into our awareness thoughts in accord with that. We believe them. We think they're true. 
oh my God, it's true. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. So then what happens is we, A, we draw to us experiences that are going to mirror that back to us. The universe has to mirror it back to us. It does not have a choice. And the more we believe what's not true, the more emotionally upset we're going to be. If we don't interrupt all those manifestations in the world of form and in our emotional body, it takes residence in our physical body and starts to express there. It's all just trying to get our attention. Go back to the thought you're thinking something that's not true. So that's why, Susan, that thought that you're doing something wrong, that you're bad, that you're a spiritual failure is so deeply upsetting because it is not true. What you could say is, you could say, gosh, Susan is really excellent at manifesting her beliefs. Look at the power of her ability to manifest. She believes these things about herself, and it's showing up in her physical body, in her emotional body, in her financial body, in her whole environment. is reflecting back to her what she believes. Wow, how powerful. That's what I started to say to myself. Look how powerful I am. Oh, my God. I've manifested all of this. Okay, I would like to now manifest beauty and truth and wisdom and wholeness and freedom and prosperity and joy and creativity and harmony. And there is that within me which knows how. So I'm going to start to access that through my I am presence. I am love. I am the purity of love. I am the purity of all my chakras, cleaning out things on a chakra level, cleaning things out on an etheric level, cleaning things out on a mental level, clearing things out on an emotional level. On a physical level, it all starts to change. So one of the most primary ways we, we can affect this shift is every single time we start to feel irritated or frustrated, Bingo! Here's my divine opportunity to change my mind. Now, I can go into that feeling of frustration and irritate, irritation and manifest more disturbance and more disturbance and make it real and blame it on others and feel ashamed and then go into self-medication and other forms of self-sabotage. Or I can just say, oh, thank you, God, that I cannot think these thoughts that aren't true and feel comfortable. Thank you. I'm so grateful. So now that I realize I'm upset, it doesn't even really matter why I'm upset. I am that I am. And I am one with the I am presence of all beings. I am the open door for the Christ to express in this world. I am the purity of love. And this is why right at the beginning of Masterful Living, I tell everyone, work with those purity affirmations over and over and over again. Carry them around in your awareness all day long. Work with them. They will transform your life as they have mine. All right, Akash, I'm going to unmute you. Yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, I would just like to offer um, something that came to me as you were speaking. Um, 
and it's for Susan and everyone who's listening, um, that all we're ever forgiving uh, in course terms, of course in miracle terms, is a dream. So I'm saying that as as a way to offer a different way of thinking about our thoughts, um, that when they're untrue, they really are just, just dreams. And I'm saying that um, as an opportunity for Susan to disidentify uh, with the things that she thinks are true that are not true um, by calling them dreams, it may be uh, helpful. Thank you. Yeah, that's wonderful, Akash. So remembering that everything that we're experiencing in this world is not true. It is an illusion projected by our mind so that we can purify our mind, so that we can experience, like I was saying before, our God self. All right. Anybody else like to share a question or a thought or an experience? All right. Well, remember, you can raise your hand at any time. I am going to just see here if we have any written-in questions. Hmm. Okay, Carla's raising her hand. Hey, Carla. Okay, I would like you to speak a little bit more. Either I heard it wrong or I didn't understand it when you said... If I get right, um, then your I am presence aligns with your God self, or something like that. And I thought they were the same. Yeah, they are. I think you misheard or something. Oh, so but what? Also, oh, I get it now. I get so what you're saying is when you're thinking all these thoughts that aren't true, you're not aligned with your. God self, right? That's, Is that what you're saying? Exactly. You're aligned with the ego. Right. right. Okay. All right. right. Yeah, Thank the you. false right. self. So the false self is the small self with a capital S, and the God self or the I am presence is the um, true self. Yes. So whenever we say I or I am, we are always, without exception, invoking our God power to demonstrate in our mind, in our etheric, mental, emotional, and physical bodies, those four lower vehicles. This is how we bring things into manifestation. There's no other way. This is how everything has been created in this world. It's how everything has been made in this world is by thought producing form. What does A Course in Miracles say? All thought produces form at some level. What are the levels? Etheric, mental, emotional, physical. There are no idle thoughts. Thought combined with belief is a power that can literally move mountains. These are all the ways that A Course in Miracles articulates it. Carla. 
Okay. <laughs> this way I was speaking and you couldn't hear me. So um, I am interested in in shifting that. It's it's challenging because it seems like to be in the world and to interact with people, that's common to speak those. I am I'm feeling tired or I am whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do. Uh, sometimes I, I forget all the time, but sometimes it seems like and like. What do you mean? I mean, it, do you have any uh, other ideas on how to do that, how to speak? Um, yes. Well, th- this is one of the main things that Masterful Living is about. So earlier in the year, I talk about uh, five mm-hmm. words that clearly let you know mm-hmm. ah, I'm identified with the ego. Now, if you'd like to manifest and demonstrate uh, an experience in the world of form from the ego, then by all means, don't pay attention to your word and don't don't allow don't become mindful. Okay, so do you remember what the five words are? I I probably used an MLC one. I didn't for a while. I didn't listen to it because I have an NBC and and also I have an NBC class on Mondays. You can just they, say yes or no. No, I don't know when okay. it was. When was it? <laughs> Tell, do you know when it was? I don't remember off the top of my head. No, but that's okay. I'll I'll go, I'll explain now. So I'm going to mute you back out. And thank you for that, Carla. It's very helpful. So the five words are want. Need, should, always, and never. Want, need, should, always, and never. So whenever you hear those words in your thoughts, coming out of your mouth, train yourself to immediately stop and correct. And you will notice that I do that frequently. You will notice it. I still, these words still come out of my mouth, and I correct myself. You will notice that. And I have no ego problem correcting myself in public because I'm always teaching the efficacy of all my choices, and I know that, and I'm only interested in teaching the truth. So, now... When it comes to always, God is always, because God is eternal, God is unchangeable, God is infinite, God is the all in all. So always can only refer to God and spiritual qualities and the truth, and it does. But if we say, you always tell me this story, it's total BS. Well, that's not true. That's never going to be true. Aha, you see? See how the ego thought replies with another ego thought? And that's how we weave a web of deception. And that's how we have woven a web of deception and thinking that this illusion is our reality when it's not. Any questions on that? Star two to raise your hand. Any questions on that? 
Okay, good. So I, I'd like to go back to, I'd like to speak a little bit about prayer and prayer partnership. So first of all, one of the reasons why we have the prayer partnership option in Masterful Living is because then you have that option of joining with someone else who also has this intention of healing. You become the two or more who are gathered. And it greatly magnifies the power of whatever you're doing together. So if you get together with your friends who complain, this is why afterwards you go home, you don't feel so good. But if you get together with your friends and you pray and you celebrate the truth, you feel fantastic. And this is the opportunity of the prayer partnership. So one of the things you can do in your prayer partnership is when you begin, have an opening prayer. I recognize that many people do not feel comfortable praying because it's new to them. Well, if you don't feel comfortable praying because it's new to you, and so you don't pray, how will it ever become comfortable? Can you see how the ego is what's making you feel uncomfortable? The divine alarm clock is going off and saying, you don't have what it takes to pray. You're not good enough to pray. Your words aren't good enough to pray. Your prayers aren't beautiful. Your prayers aren't sweet to the ears. You better not pray. You don't know what you're doing. Right? So if that keeps you out of prayer, the ego, if, if the ego were a person or a personality, what would it be doing? It would be going, ha, Gotcha, gotcha. Ooh, that was easy. That was so easy. I can't believe how easy that was. They just gave up praying. Oh my gosh. They could be the two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of the Christ, and the Christ would be right there in the midst of them. That prayer would have so much power. But I just said, oh, You don't have what it takes. And they went, Oh, you're right. Oh my God. Wow, that was so easy. I just took them right out of the game. Oh, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Right? That's what the ego would say, if it could. So when the ego says, you don't have what it takes, this is the answer to that in every circumstance. I am that I am. And God has what it takes. I am. Therefore, I must have what it takes. Yeah. Be ye not afraid. So, opening prayer or invocation. Yes, you can read somebody else's prayer. That's good. It's wonderful. And your prayer of the heart Nothing is more powerful than that. The prayer that is written in your heart, that comes from your sincerity, nothing is more powerful than that. A simple opening prayer. I invite you in your prayer partnerships, you begin with a prayer. So here's your simple prayer. 
I am that I am. And we are partnering. You could name your prayer partner. Let's say it's Susan. Susan and I, we are one with the one. We're partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of knowing the truth. And I declare that this conversation is healing. It's expansive. It wipes away all false beliefs. And we share the benefits of this healing and this knowing with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we accept it as done, and so it is. Amen. 20 seconds, 30 seconds, you've spoken a prayer from the heart that knows no opposition. It is powerful beyond any comprehension. You have a closing prayer. Now, in a closing prayer, here's my suggestion to you, because you're meeting with your prayer partner for the purpose of, of praying. So in your closing prayer, you can do this. One person uh, prays for the other. Uh, and, of course, you include yourself, as you hear me do all the time. And especially anybody who's done a one-on-one -on -one with me, you, you know. I always include myself in the prayer, of course. And so you can pray for the other person, including yourself. And then before you say amen, you say, and I know it is done. And I pass this word to the other person. So you pass, and then the person says their prayer. And then they say amen and close it out at the end. So because I, sometimes people like to pass a prayer, that's a wonderful thing. And uh, that that's the, the way that works for me. I've been passing prayers to my prayer partners for 20 years. So give it a go. One of the... But the opening prayer, and you can take turns, one person does it one time, next the next person, next time the next person does it. Um, that opening prayer is to bless the conversation. So if you're doing an opening prayer for anything, uh, like a community call or anything like that, if you're doing an opening prayer, you're blessing the conversation. That's the purpose of that opening prayer. And then the closing prayer is to, uh, uh, let's say you were going to uh, have a prayer, uh, get together with your prayer partner in person. You might uh, do your prayer in the middle of it and then, let's say, eat some food and have a conversation and then have a pray out at the end. So then you would pray to harvest all the, the good that you've energized in your gathering. One of the things to know that uh, I love this when I learned this in my Science of Mind practitioner training was that the person who is speaking the word of prayer, because 
the vibration is strongest in you. You're the one who's speaking it. Remember, I talk at the beginning of the year about pray out loud every chance you can. Anybody says, who wants to pray? Your hand should fly up. Oh, that'll be me. That'll be me. Now, the only reason I don't do that in certain circumstances is because I pray so much, I'd like to give other people the chance to pray. But when I was a student learning to pray, and they said, who wants to pray? And before they said pray, when they said, who wants to? And I knew what the next word was going to be. My hand was up because I learned, oh, the person who prays receives the most benefit because they become that place, that pebble falling on the still water that causes all the ripples. So that the greatest energy is is experienced by the one who prays. Though you, you really could say the one whose mind is most open and the one whose heart is most receptive because the person who's praying might not be the most open-hearted and willing person in in the prayer field and someone else would have a greater experience of the prayer. But if there's an opportunity for you to pray, always jump at it. Jump at it. It's like I say, if you go into a church or any place where they have a prayer request box and you walk by that prayer request box without putting a prayer request in it, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, people will walk by a prayer box complaining that they don't have enough. Like, whoa, you just walk by him. What? So these are all things that I learned. Is I realized I was walking by the prayer box and not putting prayer requests in. And I thought, I've lost my mind. This is my opportunity. So I used to stand there and fill out 20 cards, prayer cards, for everyone I could think of and stuff them in that box. doesn't cost you anything it's an opportunity don't let it pass you by any questions about any of that start to to raise your hand okay so i'm going to answer some questions that came up in the uh, community call and Lori had a question, when do I share my judgment in my relationships? It's such a great question. So, um, and I've talked about this before. What I've learned is that it can be healing to share my judgment. So, for instance, you might remember me telling the story about one time my brother and I were talking about politics uh, late one night over the kitchen table, and he said something that was judgmental and meant to provoke me to get into a heated conversation with him. And I felt the judgment rise, and I knew, oh, I, I, don't, I don't wish to get into that kind of a conversation with him. I'm enjoying just connecting with him and and being the two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of love here, even though we're talking about politics. And um, so I just paused for a while while I figured out or while I waited for my higher self to tell me what to say. And then I said, 
You know what? The only responses I can think of to what you just said are judgments and opinions. And I know that if I express those, it's just going to create discord and upset and argumentative conversation. And I'm really enjoying just talking with you without that. So to be honest, I don't have a response other than this. I don't know what to say. Because I know my judgments and opinions aren't actually true, so why bother with them? And he was quiet for a moment while he figured out what to, to make of it. And he said, I know what you mean. I'm enjoying our conversation too. And that was it. Peace. And we went on from there. Now, there have been many times in my relationships with people are something's going on and I've honestly said to them you know what in this moment I'm just filled with judgment for myself and you and other you know with this situation and I I really can't think clearly and I really don't wish to express my judgment because I know it's not helpful it's not going to get me the results I want and so I I think I just need your love and support and you know it's a level of transparency and authenticity and vulnerability that people can really appreciate and learn from. However, if I'm saying that and there's even just a tiny little fraction of a percent that I'm thinking and I'm better than them because I'm able to speak this way, wipe that out. So just pray for yourself. Just move into... I am the love of God. I am the purity of love. I am the purity of all my thoughts and feelings, right? One of the purity affirmations. I am the purity of all my thoughts and feelings. Sean asked about how to change the habit of not responding to her sweetheart. So, uh, I shared that, you know, sometimes they're one of the patterns I see that people have, and I have a loved one that does this with me, is I can literally share uh, a very detailed story of something that's really important to me, like a life-changing aha moment and how it all came into being, and share it for 15 or 20 minutes till I come to the end of it. And my loved one will literally wait a moment and then completely change the subject, completely never even acknowledging <laughs> that I said anything at all. And it used to really bother me, but now it doesn't bother me because I know that's just how this person is able to listen. However, I also know that I can say, like Susan suggested, saying, um, do you understand me? Did you understand me? Now, if I said that to my loved one, do you understand me? They'd be like, yeah, of course I understand you. Makes perfect sense to me. I, I know that they understand me. So in that in this situation, that isn't the, the thing that would help, but in other situations, it could be. So I could say something like, um, can you relate to that? 
Have you ever had an experience like that? What do you think about it? What do you think about what I've shared? But it depends on who we're speaking with. Because the person that I'm talking about has a, ha, doesn't have the spiritual experience of life that I do. So sometimes when I'm sharing, it's really far out of the realm of their experience. And so I could see where I could say, is any of this making sense to you? What do you think about it? Have you ever had an experience like that? And I've learned not to be upset that they don't ask me questions or do the things that indicate an interest. Because the truth of the matter is, my loved one loves me dearly, but in a certain sense, they don't really have an interest in a lot of what my life is about. They have an interest in me and my life, but not in drilling down to all the details of different aspects of my life. Now, if I were going to tell the experience of going to a certain restaurant, deciding what to choose to eat and how the ingredients were put together and something like that, that they might be interested in because they really are interested in food, you see. So it's not really fair. Like if somebody, um, like I, I, one of my dear friends, her husband uh, has a motorcycle and uh, the motorcycle, he loves that motorcycle and that motorcycle and his motorcycling world is really something that he just gets lit up about. And my friend does not want to go on a motorcycle, does not understand motorcycles or machines and things like that. She, uh, she just has no interest in that. She gets her car serviced, and that's her extent. Uh, she gets her car washed every week and serviced on time. And other than that, these things do not interest her. But, you know, he, her husband will say to her, hey, I want to show you. I just replaced the doohickey on my thing, and I got this fancy doohickey, and it's really, really, wow, it's like the fanciest doohickey you can imagine of these kinds of doohickeys. It's uh, spectacular. I want to show it to you. And she'll be like, oh, gosh, yes, let me see that, you know, because it's important to him. Is she faking it? No, she's not faking it. But she's, would she be interested in that if it were of no interest to him? No, she wouldn't be interested in it. She wouldn't even know it exists. And and so we we learn to take an interest in what our loved ones are interested in because they're interested in it. You know, I I I ask my my loved ones questions about different aspects of their life that are only interesting to me so that I can understand their experience of life. That's that's relationship. So one of the things we can train ourselves to do you know, we've all trained ourselves to do the most sophisticated things. Like I, I, I joke sometimes that I learned how to, to drive my car while talking on the phone, while putting on makeup, while eating, and checking out the hot guy on the sidewalk doing all of these activities at once. 
So we can train ourselves to do a very sophisticated level of things. We can definitely train ourselves that when our loved one shares a story, that we could say, wow, so uh, gosh, what made you decide to go to that place? And um, uh, wait a minute, how did you become aware of this? And um, well, when that happened, how did you feel? And how did you make that decision? How did that choice come to your awareness? Or, well, well, then what happened after you, you can ask these kinds of questions, and then it's clear that you're interested. You know, I was having a conversation with someone once where I was explaining some detailed information and uh, instructions, and they just kept saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And finally, I said, Do you, are you actually understanding what I'm saying? Because I'd like to hear you say, okay, I understand what you're saying, not just, uh-huh. Uh-huh doesn't really get it for me. Because for all I know, you could be just be like acknowledging me without really understanding me. So we're incredibly wise and sensitive beings. If this is what we would like to learn, how to have excellent communication skills. We can always take it up another notch. And if we are feeling challenged in the moment, which often happens, because all kinds of stuff comes up and we feel threatened and then we're in the ego, it's just a matter of bringing us back to the fountain of all wisdom, which is the I am presence. Coming back to that over and over and over again. So if you truly desire intimacy, make a habit of responding with some kind of acknowledgement, some kind of a question. How can I support you? Oh, I can get how challenging that was for you. Another question you can ask of people is, would you like some feedback on that? Um, because sometimes they would and sometimes they wouldn't. And maybe you can ask that question of people who aren't forthcoming. Like, I just told you this whole story. Do you have any feedback for me? That Now, some people that will feel threatening and some people it won't. And one more thing. Uh, there was a conversation about giving to get. And are you giving to get when you're cleaning your house? So the question I have is, can you give to get to yourself? Can you give to get to yourself? Or are you not just being supportive? Now, we can manipulate ourselves. And I've talked about how sometimes I, when there's chores that I eh, don't really feel inspired to do, what I can do is say, okay, here's an activity that I love. I love to watch movies. I've got a movie to watch. I'm going to watch 20 minutes of the movie and then I'm going to do 10 minutes of chore and 20 minutes of movie, 10 minutes of chore. And what I end up usually doing is I start doing, and I start with my 20 minutes of the movie, get myself uh, just, I'm enjoying myself. I'm relaxed. And when the my timer goes off, oh, time to do my 10 minutes of chore. I often find I'm going to just do five minutes more. I set a 10-minute time timer, and then I do a, 
I often do five minutes more, and then I go watch my movie again. And that is is just a way for me to do my chores and balance it with things I love. It's not really rewarding myself because I think rewards and punishment are not a consciousness of the divine. It's of the ego. But it's really just how can I make the whole afternoon or whatever time frame it is more enjoyable to me. Any questions about any of this? All right, cautious raising his hand. Did you have your hand up before and I forgot? No, no, okay. this is a new one. Um, I'm not sure if I understand how you can give to get in relationship with yourself. I had a bit of a block with that one. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't see how that can really happen either. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, because giving to get is really manipulating and controlling. So if you uh, give yourself uh, a clean home, I, I think you're just supporting yourself and having a clean environment. Okay, thank you. Yep, you're welcome. Somebody may have an idea about that to be revealed, so um, uh, which would be interesting to learn of. I'm not discounting it, so maybe that could go into a Facebook group discussion. Well, I'm just going to mention that um, uh, here in Hawaii, uh, the full moon rising would have been uh, at the end of the eclipse. We had cloud cover. There was no, uh, we didn't see the moon here in Kauai. And so uh, I hope tonight I'll get to see the full moon. Um, I, I hope some of you did uh, your you enjoy full moon ceremonies and things like that. It's not too late to do a full moon ceremony. And I don't, I don't know if anybody has felt the expanded energy uh, coming in, the gamma rays and all of that. What I, uh, I'll just share with you my own experience that I, I've been feeling this for some time now, just a constant quickening and feeling a higher vibration and the way I feel that higher vibration is I feel um, more intuitive more clear uh, more loving more open more receptive more available to divine insight more clarity and uh, what I noticed was last night uh, I was uh, I, I went to bed at 9.30. I could barely keep my eyes open. I went to bed at 8, 9.30, and I slept fully. Uh, I woke up at 4.44 <laughs> to go use the restroom, and I went back to bed, and I slept till I think it was about 6 or 6.15. So I um, I had a good eight uh, or more hours sleep, uh, which is, uh, I usually sleep seven hours these days, so I had an extra hour of sleep. And the other interesting thing was there was a rooster right outside the house, which um, I, I don't normally have where I am here, 
they're further away down the valley, uh, but it was right there, and it was just crowing and crowing around six o'clock. And I noticed usually I wake up and I'm so bright and bushy-tailed, um, and um, it was more like coming out of a very deep sleep. And I heard the rooster crowing and crowing, and I felt like the rooster was saying, "You." It, it, that the rooster was helping everyone in the neighborhood to get up because we might uh, all have had an extra deep sleep. And I definitely felt a different vibration when I woke up. Sometimes when I wake up, I can feel, or in the night, I can feel that my body is vibrating at a very high level. I don't know if anyone ever feels that. but So I'm just reporting to you some things that uh, I've experienced and um yeah i i think we're we're uh we're on the way for sure so to that end i am going to pray us out and then play a song so i invite you to place your hand on your heart and take a breath of love and gratitude with me so grateful and so thankful for the power and the presence of perfect love revealing itself in our awareness. We're grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of remembering the Christ that we already are. We're already as holy as holy can be. Nothing ever has been wrong with us, and we're willing to remember that now and live in that truth. We declare that it is so. We're grateful and we are thankful to share the benefits of our healing, our life of love with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 So the song I'm going to play with you feels very appropriate to our having just come through this full moon eclipse and the song is called a new day has come and it's by celine dion and i think she i'm not sure if she wrote it herself it sounds like she did about her son when she had her son and uh, it just feels so appropriate to me i was listening to it today it feels so appropriate to how um to what's unfolding for all of us right now so a new day has come, uh, performed by Celine Dion.
syndrome I feel. 